to me, we had such a system in place right. and we figured as much as we figured anything out and no one's figured this out, but we had an idea of how to train and prep for the CrossFit games through the CrossFit season. We knew how fit we should be and what we should be doing in September. We knew how fit we should be and what we should be focusing on in January. Yep. We knew when our recovery weeks were, when our taper weeks were, we knew how to do this. Um, this season, I mean, just basically pulled the, you know, the rug out from underneath us completely. We had no idea. We went in January, we went to our regional event. Right. We tried, we qualified for the CrossFit games right. in January. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping. Hello, Ben. Hey, Patrick. Today, we are going to talk about a subject that um, I know a lot of people have been wondering about uh, getting your opinion on. Um, and that is sort of the, the, the big changes that have happened within CrossFit um, and specifically how those changes um, necessitate changes to the CrossFit games, mm -hmm. right? So we're going to get to, and I think we're going to spend most of our time today talking about uh, those changes to the CrossFit games and, and what you think of them, where you think they're going, all that good stuff. But in order for us to get there, we sort of need to contextualize it enough uh, through the conversation about the changes of just CrossFit in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So maybe we start there uh, and let's just get your take on uh, the changes that Glassman has sort of announced. I don't even know how many months ago it was now. Um, what were your initial thoughts? Maybe, maybe talk a little bit about what those changes are and then what were your initial thoughts, um, both as a coach to CrossFit Games athletes, but also as an affiliate owner? Okay, so the changes to CrossFit as a whole, I don't, I don't know if they're as drastic as people think they are. Yep. Um, it's something that we've been focusing on for a while, which is uh, from the affiliate side, is stepping away from competition and the elite level of fitness and trying to bring this more to the masses. So trying to help people um, literally cure type 2 diabetes, trying to treat people um, that are sick, trying to get people to lose a hundred pounds to get people off the carbs and off the couch. That's something we've been focusing on for at least two, if not three years. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, um, HQ is just kind of getting, um, you know, they're the ones that have to like turn the cruise ship. It's a lot harder for an organization that large to shift their focus. Meanwhile, the affiliates, which are much smaller and nimbler, at least the ones that have been around for a while have seen this coming a long ways off. And we've been doing this for a while. We changed our mission from, you know, competition and elite fitness, um, again, from the affiliate level yep. to we're creating a family of hung humble, hungry, happy people who kick ass into their 90s. This has nothing to do with Fran times or clean and jerks or anything. What we, we're playing the longevity game. And we're not going to know if we've achieved our mission until my 830 class, who's a bunch of 45-year-old mom and dads, getting in their 90s. So we won't know if we're there for another 30 or 40 years, which I'm fine with. We're still taking that approach. We're playing the long game. Mm -hmm. I think that what's happened is um, Glassman and the powers that be at HQ have shifted the focus. And I don't, I don't think they've changed much, you know, like, um, but they've shifted the focus back to what's for breakfast, what's for lunch, what's for dinner. They've changed the focus back to Let's teach people mechanics of movement. They've shifted it back to this is how to create 
health and wealth, uh, health, health and fitness <laughs> just rolled off the tongue. Health and for fitness. some people, it's caused wealth. It's as well. not about you know how to get um, to go from four to fourteen on broken muscle ups. It's yep. not what do you place in the open. So that's where we've been for a while. So I don't think the CrossFit HQ side has made a drastic change. Um, minus what's being shown on their Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so the media has, but the messaging and all the, I'm sorry, the, the, the crux of what CrossFit is, I know it used to be forging elite fitness, mm-hmm. but here's my take on why they did this is you have to start there. If you start, sorry, there being, you have to start with elite fitness. Gotcha. Or I shouldn't say you have to, but if you start with Richard Simmons sweating to the oldies and you say, Hey, now we're going to start training the Navy SEALs. You don't get in the door. But if you start with the Navy SEALs, which is what we did with CrossFit, and then you start to back away from that, hey, we have the tip of the spear. And by the way, this tip of the spear also works for the second, third, fourth, and fifth percentiles and 50th percentiles and so on. That's an approach that is um, sustainable and scalable and you can get that. The other approach, the door stops and you Mm -hmm. cannot climb up to the next level. So I think it's, I don't know if Glassman saw this from that far off. I don't know if he's that. I know he's very strategic and very smart. That would be really impressive if he saw this whole thing 20 years ago. 25 years ago. Exactly. I don't know if that's the case, but kudos to him for where it is right now. And it's enabled him to be in this position. For CrossFit to go after, you know, um, we have everyone that's a fitness freak, you know, uh, a Franken freak, you know, as I've, I've heard Glassman say, you know, people that are like, like the people that are doing CrossFit, when you think of CrossFit that mm-hmm. way, like the regionals athletes and the open athletes, most like 90% of those people on the planet are kind of doing it yep. for CrossFit to affect and to go where this could go, which it's truly, you know, we've revolutionized fitness at the elite level for it to revolutionize health. It's got to move away from the games. It just has to by a definition it cannot crossfit cannot be the games so this refocusing of it is strategic and it seems to make sense now what i'd like to kind of like throw up before we start talking about the games is this is a change and it's a big change but change is necessary you have to change to stay viable and succeed. If you're not changing, you're going to die. This is why Amazon is as powerful as they are. They continue to rewrite themselves over and over and over again. And they were a bookstore. And where they are today is really far from a bookstore. It's because they've changed and they've changed and they've changed. And they've said that. The, they need to continue to evolve. And that's what CrossFit's doing. If you don't change... You become Blockbuster. Blockbuster Video had the opportunity to buy Netflix in the year 2000 for $50 million. There's one Blockbuster store left in the entire world and it's in Alaska. Mm -hmm. Besides that, they are gone. They don't exist. Whereas Netflix now, which has changed and changed and changed from a mail order DVD to this online service because they're willing to change and adapt, is now worth $30 billion. So you have to change. So I don't fear this at all. I embrace it and I look forward to it because I know it's a necessity. We're going to continue to be here because we're changing. Because we're changing doesn't mean we're dying. Mm -hmm. It's the exact opposite. If you have that paradigm shift, you look forward to, you seek out, and you want 
the change. Like, thank God this is happening. Mm -hmm. Now it's yet to be seen if this is going to be impactful, a positive or anything like that. Hopefully we discuss why I think it is, but um, let's not fear change for the sake of it being change. Let's embrace and, uh, and be encouraging change for the sake of change. Why do you think it got to the point where it needed to be such a drastic, a, a, such a drastic decision needed to be made? Because that I think is the yeah. reason why it's shaking so many people is because nobody saw it coming unless right. you were, let's, let's just say nobody saw it coming, right? Um, why do you think it got to the point where that was the most logical decision knowing the direction that coach and, and CrossFit HQ wants to go. I don't know if I can speak to that. Yeah. Um, it's not the way I would have done it. Um, there's probably reasons that they have. I'm sure that there are, whether it's, um, you know, they've never been afraid to rock the boat, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, Washington DC or big soda or the fitness industry or the other training, um, they've, they've never, CrossFit HQ been afraid to kind of like um, shake things up yeah. and they don't fear the big massive push. So this might've been strategic. It might've been inter, it might've been, I, I don't know the reasons for it. It's not the way I would have done it, but I'm sure that they have their reasons. So I can't really speak to why do you think that this happened? Cause yeah. I don't, I don't right. have a reason. For <laughs> right. It. Right. That's the, the thing that has stuck with me in terms of the, not the reason, but the sort of the source of it is just what the direction of CrossFit HQ's ambition has changed, right? At the early stages of the game, when we, when you and I first got into it, the ambition was to prove that this was the most effective way to get healthy. And so the games was a logical extension of that ambition. And it was, at some it, point- it was, it was the ultimate proving grounds. That's exactly. So that, and so that was the- Right. And then something that's happened a few yeah. years ago, which is they, they proved it. Yeah. Like there's no question anymore that Rich right. Froning, Matt, Catherine yeah. are the fittest humans on earth. Like, got it. We checked that box. Yeah. And so the ambition is now- Love it. Something else. Yeah. And so you can't have- you Actually, can't, if, you, if you went to a level one seminar um, eight years ago, it was very like brash. Yeah. It was very- aggressive yep. it was very like their way is wrong our way is right if they don't get on board they're we're gonna squash them um that tonality's completely changed right. it, the the level one seminar ha is not trying to justify itself at all anymore which is really cool yeah it's, but yeah but because it used it, to. the right because absolutely this weird thing happened where people showed up just to argue at the level ones yes they, they used which to be the thing beautiful but they used to come and to like disprove yeah. to like just show up to be like, no, this is wrong. This is not the way. It's still about bodybuilding. It's still about um, functional sport, yep. fitness, whatever the heck that long, is. Long, slow distance. Yeah, it's yeah. and and um, you know, fast forward to where we are today, and that doesn't exist anymore because, as you said, it's been proven. Right. Like no one's arguing that stuff yeah. anymore. And that sort of goes back to the change idea. Like they could, they could keep trying to do that, but they've succeeded to the degree wouldn't that it like, be kind of redundant and right, ridiculous right there look, wouldn't be a lot of there's not a lot of growth there anymore yeah or at least it's not the kind of growth that they were interested in so other things about like okay so the games have grown into this massive thing right and when people think about crossfit i think to the detriment of crossfit they think about the crossfit games yep. we've owned an affiliate for 11 years now and when people i talk to people about it that 
You talk to a stranger that you meet on the street or in the airport or your um, your cousin introduces you to somebody and they say, oh, CrossFit, I could never do that. Yep. If they're saying that and they are, and they are saying that, the games is hurting CrossFit as a brand because the games should be this little extension of what we're doing. It should be this thing for these, it should be a showcase. Mm -hmm. It should be a game and a sport to the side of this massive thing, which is what we're doing, which is changing the directory of health. And if they're thinking, you talk to a doctor and the doctor says, my patients can't do that. Well, then we've positioned CrossFit in a bad space and the games are to blame for that. So what we need to do is shrink that down a little bit. I get it. I get that. That's scary. And then it, so that when they think of CrossFit, they're not thinking about that. So when I first heard about these um, changes, the first thing I thought of was, well, I feel really bad for the athletes that have dedicated their lives to this Mm -hmm. because I saw it as just that. I saw it as, um, you know, I didn't see it as the death of the games, but I thought saw it as um, we are not going to put a lot behind this anymore. We as and being CrossFit. We like as being CrossFit. Yeah. And if they're not going to tell the story, if they're not going to sh- put a lot of um, emphasis on it, if it's not going to be a major area of focus, like, um, you know, maybe the, the livelihood that a lot of these athletes have um, poured their, committed their lives to yeah. goes away. You know, fast forward half of a season later, and um, that's not my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe this is going to be massive, not a little bit, massively beneficial to the sport of CrossFit. I think CrossFit as a sport grows way bigger because of this. Mm. Do you think that, um, so back a, a little bit to what you just said of the games being this sort of like showcase, this small element of CrossFit, do you think that a part of the solution is to simply just not call it the CrossFit Games anymore? I, I think it could be, um, but it is the CrossFit Games. Mm-hmm. So I we, we played that out and kind of like had discussions back and forth um, and it would be something. So if they sold that to a different entity, right? If they sold that to um, a sports um, organization that, you know, somebody that like puts on PGA Tour events or something like that, somebody that puts on... Um, you know, and it became something else. It became the XYZ fittest games, mm-hmm. right? And it determines the world's fittest athletes. Um, I could, I, that, that could, that would do a lot. I think it would do a lot for um, the CrossFit. It would it would do what we're asking, yep. which is people would not think of CrossFit anymore as that. But the same side, like, I, it is also CrossFit. Mm-hmm. It is a piece of it. Yep. It is the sport of whatever else is doing. So to call it something else that's not, it would basically be like, hey, golf is me and you going out and having a, you know, a six pack while we spend four hours on the links in the sun. But there's also this thing called the PGA Tour, which is golf. And everyone right. knows it's golf. Right. They're not calling it something else. Right. So I think I think it's like it would it would be kind of weird to make that separation completely mm-hmm. and call it something else. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad in the short term that is continuing to be the CrossFit Games. Right. We sort of like obviously not not a surprise when this first this all these changes happen mm-hmm. and then the game started changes. Of course, my my first question to you the next the, the first time I saw you was like, do you want to talk about it? And your response was logically, uh, no, because I don't know what it is yet. Right. Yeah, it was like right. 
something was announced, but nothing had happened. No, like nothing had, we hadn't seen anything through yet, right? Yeah. Like Wadapalooza hasn't happened, hadn't happened. The Open hadn't happened. There's no rule book. There was no rule book. Right. Like nobody knew anything. So your answer was like, let's just wait until something happens before we have something to talk about. So uh, as we sit here recording, we do now have a sense of at least some of the changes and some of the, um, you know, the rule book and all those things. So really broadly speaking, what is your take on all the changes now that you've experienced, you know, a couple sanctionals and the open and all that stuff? Okay, so um, we can talk about um, the qualifying process and we can talk about um, who's going to the games. So let's start with who's going to the games. So prior to this year, this is going to sound weird, but the athletes from around the country that made it to the games were determined prior to the qualifying process. Okay. So here's what I mean by that. At the opening of last year's games, they did a very like um, opening ceremony-esque um, thing like they do at the Olympics yep. where athletes walk in, waving their flag. country flag um, country by country. So for people that weren't there and didn't see this, it was a very cool thing. So they said athletes from, um, I don't I think they did it alphabetically, uh, from Argentina and um, one athlete walks in. I'm just making this up. Yeah. Uh, athletes from Brazil and three athletes walk in. Athletes, you know, get all the way from, you know, um, athletes from Iceland and then you have, um, you know, 11 athletes walk in. Athletes from Canada and you have 15 athletes walk in. Athletes from... Australia and you have um, whatever it is, 26 athletes walking in, some masters and it's the yep. teams and all. And then you have athletes from the United States. And it took an hour for them to get it. <laughs> it was it was 350 plus athletes. Yeah. Now you're like, well, those are the fittest athletes. Those are who qualified. No. They said, this is how many athletes are going to make it for the games from the United States. We're going to take the top five from these regions and there's six regions in the United States. So we're going to have that many. And there's that many team athletes and so on. And then there's only going to be one athlete from here. There's only going to be four athletes from here. There's going to be one. So they dictated who was at the games. Mm -hmm. They've democratized it now. Now everybody gets a shot. Everybody gets at least one person there. And then from there, everything else is wide open and anybody else can qualify from anywhere. The regionals thing, which was this, you know, it was this manufactured thing. First off, I'm, I'm in my mind is jumping to this next thing. I don't want to, I don't want to leave this just yet, yeah. but, but basically what they've done is they've said like anybody can qualify from anywhere and we're making sure athletes qualify from everywhere. So now when athletes walk in and they get to the games, they're going to be getting there because they qualified because they earned their spot. I get it. There's a national champion from everywhere, but everybody else earned their spot. And they didn't say you from here and you from here. We are saying that United States is the most fit, then Australia, then Canada. They've taken that away. Mm-hmm. The next thing that they've done is this in this process is they've eliminated this like this funnel that they controlled. You do our open that we program, then you do our regionals that we program, then you put through our test at the games which we program. They've taken that away and given it back to the community to say this is what we feel like is the valid test for who gets through. The other way is kind of like, 
there's an argument against the test. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I get it. And it's like, because they're saying we are testing this here, we're testing this here, and we're testing this here. At the end, we say this who the fittest is. Now, there could be a sanctional event that does two events and that could get you in. There's other ones like Dubai that do basically run a CrossFit games. It's right. 15 events. Then there's gonna be ones like Rogue or even Wadapalooza. Wadapalooza did it like regionals, which it was six events. And Rogue, I think it's gonna be similar. There's gonna be six events over three days. But the cool thing is, in the the test at regionals, it was very controlled. You couldn't have prowler pushes. You couldn't run outside. You couldn't swim. You didn't do obstacle courses. You didn't run up mountains. These, and by controlled, you mean they have to do it on, you know, they have to do every event inside because they you can't to, risk You have to weather. be able to do every single event inside an emptied out right. hockey right. hockey arena. Right. That's what it was. So it was, it was you constraints. Have, you literally, they, they, they prescribe, you need this much square footage in this format. And the rig is going to be here. There was constraints, like major constraints to make the test as even as possible across all regions. Right. That's gone. Now you're seeing these sexual events and people are swimming and they're pulling, um, you know, huge massive sleds with ropes and they're, they're doing all the things I just listed. They're running up mountains with sandbags and they're doing paddle boards. It's right. like the test has massively expanded and it's a better test than regionals. Mm-hmm. It is. And regionals was well-programmed. I'm not saying it wasn't. For the constraints that they were given, it was phenomenal. It was yeah. terrific. It was very creative and every year was different. One year we didn't have barbells. Phenomenal to be able to rewrite that every single time. But now what you have is basically pop the lid off it and shook and instead of like giving yourself these constraints, like these are the movements, you basically like thrown everything on the table and be like, we can do anything. Mm-hmm. The other part, which is really cool about that, is you have athletes. We went to South Africa. Yeah. I mean, we went to South Africa. That's really cool. So now these, you know, elite athletes are expanding the brand everywhere else. And they they've never seen anything like this in South Africa. Right. They used to get, you know, used to be friends and family would come and watch us. Yep. Now they have a couple thousand spectators. It's bringing a lot of attention to other parts of the world that deserve it. Mm-hmm. They de- they're doing really well. They're putting on good events and they deserve it. But it's cool. Like that South Africa event, like it was a little mini games. They're yeah. busing people off campus to obstacle courses. And then we're going to the beach and there's a rig on the beach and there's paddle boards. And then we go back to the venue. That's a track, you know, Olympic Stadium track. And we're doing the, the CrossFit stuff. It's um, the test is better. To get you there. And people loved, the people that remember this, people loved, right, people hate change. Back in the day, there was sectionals. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people remember sectionals. It only list lasted for one year. One year, that's right. But when sectionals were around, holy, they were phenomenal. They were like legit, real legit local throwdowns. Yep. And that qualified you for regionals. And that was really cool. And then they said they qualified you for the games, didn't they? No, they qualified for regionals. Oh, was there a year that maybe it was because regionals at some point was also like a it used so here's how it went. It went regionals games. And you, right. didn't, you didn't have to qualify for regionals. That's right. Yeah. So you could just and sign those, up. Those were also sort of like those were cool. But then, ended but up then being, obviously the constraints, yeah. like you can't have yeah. regionals with six hundred people. Right. So they had to put a qualifying process for that. So yeah. it became sectionals. Yep. And basically, like there was one, there was like two or three in New England right. to qualify you for. Um, uh, the New England um, regional. Yep. Then all of a sudden the writing was on the wall like, hey, we this is unscalable. We can't really do this. 
So then they created this thing called the open. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, the open sucks. Like we have to do this in a gym. Is this online competition? Like, what are you talking about? Like, and everyone revolted against that change. Well, now they've seen the writing on the wall that this thing worked for a while Mm -hmm. and they like the open. And now there's the open in the regional. And now we're getting rid of regionals. People are like, what? That sucks. There's no way that's going to work. It's like, it does. It's the evolution. It works. So now what you have is you have, again, this kind of sectional format, which is terrific and phenomenal. Individual affiliates in these event promoters get to choose what is the test that sends people there. Now you have this open market, libertarian best practices rise to the top. Let's not govern it. Let's not tell them what to do. And let's just let them determine the test. And it's better. Mm -hmm. It's a better test. It gets the elements. You're outside. There's heat. There's cold. There's rain. If it's inside, then it's inside. But you get to expand way beyond the constraints. Or you keep it. And you Mm -hmm. say, this is my test. And I'm keeping this way. Um, I'm hugely, hugely in favor of sectionals over regionals. And I get it. People are going to say, well, what about the judging standards? What about all the... It's worth it. Mm -hmm. It's worth it for what it's doing. Um, Let's go back just a little to something you said, uh, which sort of that idea of like the the self-created funnel of, you know, 350 US and then one person from Chile maybe, right? What about the argument that, or can you make the argument that it was like that because 99% of the, not that much, 90% of the athletes who are capable of being truly competitive at the games are American. Not simply because of the nature of, it's been in the US for 12 years and it's been in South America for sure. And that's why that's absolutely the argument. That's why they structured it that way. What they were doing is they're trying to figure out where is the competitive field coming from? And they're not just, throwing darts right. like they're not blindfold doing this they're doing the research and they're figuring it out but they're still dictating who's getting there mm-hmm. now what essentially what you do is you open up to everyone i don't know how this is going to happen yet but you're going to get instead of the top 40 athletes you're going to have how many countries there's probably 130 countries mm-hmm. right so there's 130 people making it plus the top 20 from the open plus all the sanctions you're gonna have like 160 athletes at mm-hmm. the games yep. then from there they do a test that's formatted everyone's even from there and they weed it down you know i'm sure it'll be a um you know a multi-day thing where on day one you start with 160 yep. on day two you're at 80 by day three you're at 40 and by day um four you're at 20 and a lot of people don't remember that's how it was in the first couple of years there were there yep. were cuts yes yeah. that's probably they're gonna by necessity they're going to have to do right. that i don't even maybe they do it where it's the first weekend is all 160 athletes and everyone does three workouts and after that it gets cut right down to the 40. Yeah. You know, who knows how that goes? I don't know. I have no insight into this whatsoever. Right. Um, but that's my guess is that they're going to have to do that. But now you have everyone from the world that got there on their own. We didn't say you get to go. And then from there on that field, we're truly figuring out who's there. So um, the other thing with that, like them not owning the process is what they don't own again either, again, is they don't own the media. Mm-hmm. So here's, um, and that's that, that's the scary thing, because um, I get it, like who's gonna tell the story? And if these athletes don't get the FaceTime, they lose their sponsorships and um, the, people love, the people are so 
it's what's cool about our sport, right? Because there's so much media on these guys. People feel like they really know Katrin. They really know the athletes at the top because there's the road to the games. There's so much footage on them. And if CrossFit's not doing that, do people start to lose interest because they lose interest in the athletes? If CrossFit owns the media and they're the ones telling the story all the time, they're the ones putting out the behind the scenes, they're the ones putting out the the road to the games, they're the ones um, commentating at the games. It doesn't look that much different than a late night infomercial. Mm -hmm. It's our personalities talking about our athletes, about our program and how great we are and we are the fittest on the earth. It's kind of a little propaganda-y and it's a little... It's, uh, hard, to, it's hard to push it aside as real or, or yes. it's easy to push it aside as so real because it's, of that. It's, it's, it's the trouble with the journal as well mm-hmm. because it's the journal, that yeah. stuff in the journal is so phenomenally, it's like ridiculously good. It's amazingly good. But because it's published by CrossFit, anybody outside the space is like, well, yeah, like, of course <laughs> yeah. they're going to say that. Right. It's the it's the downfall of it being published by them. Yeah. It's the same thing with the games. Because the games is published by the games, people look at it and they're like, well, well yeah, of course you're saying this is the best test. Right. Well, of course you're saying that these are the fittest athletes. Well, of course you're saying that this is the hardest thing that anybody can do in any sport. But if you have a third party do that, mm-hmm. and I hope that this 30 party brings in some level of criticism against certain aspects, then it brings total transparency. So imagine for a second, imagine listening to a a football game on Sunday and you never hear like someone like, you know, like watching football and no one knows what a catch is, Mm -hmm. right? And like, well, here we go. The comments are like, here we go again. We still don't know what a catch is. Like, did he have possession? Did he make a football move? Did he hold it for three seconds? Did the ground force the fumble? It's like, nobody knows what a catch is. And you hear them talk about that. And you're like, and you're like, yes. Like, why they know? Why don't they fix this? Like, yeah. you didn't hear that about cross. Like, you didn't hear that about yeah. commentate. It was always sunshine and rainbows and everything. If a third party takes this over and someone else is commentating, you're going to get that. Mm-hmm. And it will bring so much more legitimacy, which we deserve because it is so legitimate. Now you'll hear people say like, this handstand push-up standard is not good. Mm-hmm. Whether it is or not, they're voicing their opinion and that's awesome. And it should be said. If someone's like, makes a mistake on um, a judging error, like in the NFL, they're like, that's a horrible call. The commentators, we let's have our commentators say that. That is a horrible call. We need that transparency. We need that level of authenticity because the sport is so good and because these truly are the fittest level, fittest athletes in the world. The more transparency and authenticity we bring to this by criticizing what's not right about it, it's only going to help our sport in ways that I don't think most people see yeah. right now. And what I don't think a lot of people see is that CrossFit has always been incredibly resistant to letting those sorts of third-party voices close enough to, one, care enough, and two, care enough to criticize it. They've always been very uh, resistant to outside media because outside media, right or wrong, has always criticized them. And might not tell the right story. Yes. They don't under... This is back to like what we were talking about before, about like 
the, the way the tonality of the level one and the yep. messaging is totally, we were very defensive. We meet being yep. CrossFit in general and HQ. I'm putting myself in there. I'm yeah. not sure why, but, um, we by necessity had to be defensive. We had to protect the message and make sure that what was being said was the right thing. That made total sense for the first seven, eight, or nine years of this thing. Now that's established. Like you don't need to hold it that tight to the vest anymore. We can let that go and let the other people tell the story. The NFL, I get it that there's the NFL network now, but the NFL doesn't own the broad it doesn't it they don't there's cbs there's mm-hmm. fox there's espn yeah they're paid for it but they don't they don't control it yeah, those guys tell the story yeah. now the morning chalk up and um espn and cbs sports and everyone else now can tell the story because we're not protecting it they weren't allowed to tell the story before yeah. because we want to make sure that they told the right way now that's not as big of a concern. Now everyone else can tell the story. And now that everyone else can tell the story, it's only going to bring so many more eyeballs and so much more legitimacy to this ridiculously amazing test of the world's fittest athletes. Right. And the interesting thing, because obviously I always look at things through the sort of the media perspective, because that's always been my background and my experience with the games. Um, and the really interesting thing about CrossFit is that it, it's always been on the vanguard of sort of media operations, right? If if you remember like in 08 and 09 when the game started, if YouTube existed, it wasn't big. So what did what did they do? They said, we're gonna we're gonna host all of these videos. And if you remember back then, like it was not a good experience. Like hosting and streaming video back then was not easy. It was not cheap. But they but they said that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna find success is we're going to own the media and we're going to get it out to the people who want to see it, right? Free streaming of like the 09 and 2010 games, like nobody did that. Mm. Nobody took that cost on for themselves to be able to broadcast an event like that. One, it wasn't easy. Two, nobody was doing it. And three, everybody charged if they did do it. And then they just kept like the fact that they continue to own their own media was the reason the CrossFit game is the reason the CrossFit games got as big as it did. And it's and and now what's interesting is that they're still continuing to be on the vanguard of that media perspective, because now now we're in a landscape where everybody's a media company, because you yeah. have a phone and it has a camera and you can broadcast anything you want, right? And so you see the the rise of CrossFit vlogs, right? Couldn't have been possible three, four, five years ago. People weren't doing it, right? But now there's all of these different, you know, you mentioned the morning chalk up, right? All of these homegrown media operations who are going to have their own opinions, who are not going to necessarily toe the line. So yes, there'll be those outside third party, like whether it's ESPN or CBS, and those will be great. But we're also going to see, you know, Heber and Marston make yep. their make their mark on what it means to be sort of in the CrossFit media space. And so that's just going to expand because the more voices there are, the more the more people, the the more options people have to like dive into it in a different way, right? If you didn't like the road to the games thing, well, maybe you just love following Katrin on Instagram. And so that's how you get into CrossFit and that's how you get into CrossFit games. So it's just really interesting that they're always, they're always like a little bit ahead of the curve when it comes to what everybody else is doing in the media space, because I think they've always recognized how powerful it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think CrossFit used to <laughs> sort of, I don't know if it's tongue in cheek or not, but define themselves as a media yeah, company. I think it still is. Like if you go on their Facebook page or Instagram, it's defined as a media company. 
which I think is being rewritten. If it hasn't already been rewritten, it's in the in the works of be. being yeah. rewritten. Right. Um, I think, as you said, because everybody's a media company, yeah. and they're getting back to their roots of improving human movement and building community. Yep. It's a. Uh, it's again. It's uh, the change is good. Yeah. It's 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 a necessity, and I think it's going to help us in the long run. Both, obviously, from the CrossFit side, like. Yeah. For us as affiliates, and every affiliate should be excited about this. Like, um, what the idea behind this is, if you if someone is sick, the ultimate end goal of this, in my opinion, is what they're trying to do, um, is if someone's sick, they go to the doctor. And what the doctor used to do is take this medicine, mm-hmm. and that's a really unfortunate, sad state, right? Because uh, medicine has its own repercussions. You have to take another medicine to counteract their. Yeah. It's it's terrible. Or at some point you need to take more of that medicine because the now <laughs> the medicine can also work. save your life and it's amazing. And yeah. It's like so the medicine is great and we need it, but over prescribed and so then the idea for good doctors was like they would say like you got to exercise and eat better. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, doctor, how do I do that? Now there is a prescription that that doctor can give to their patients, which is go to a CrossFit box mm-hmm. and. That's really what CrossFit is striving for, is give us your sick, give us your dying, and we will help them. Not from a, you know, I have a virus, not I, I, right. I my leg get cut, cut off, and but for like the sedentarism and the chronic disease associated with the lifestyle that we've chosen over the last 50 years, a CrossFit affiliate can fix that. And that's the end all goal for what they're trying to do. And we for that to happen, we cannot be focusing on this really scary, really intimidating, really elite, elite meaning for the very select few, which this thing that's called the CrossFit Games. We need to make sure that we're pushing that as the sideshow and the main event, the main focus, the thing where the book is going to be written about CrossFit has to be about this fitness well, uh, uh, fitness and health revolution, which is taking place. Um, let's maybe walk back a little bit closer to the games end of it. Um, how much, once you sort of, once the dust settled and once, um, you had a sense at least of what the season were going to start to look like, how much, how much of it forced you guys? And by you guys, I mean you, Catherine Cole, Brooke, yep. and even Comptrain uh, yep. in general, how much did it sort of like make you guys go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what does this mean for how we're preparing to get these guys back to the games. Uh, yeah. And, and I respect that there's a degree of which you probably don't want to talk well, about. Well, I mean, when I, when I hear that question, the, the, I, in my head it goes 100%. We totally changed everything. Yeah. That's probably not true. Because <laughs> I just, to me, we had such a system in place right. and we figured, as much as we figured anything out, and no one's figured this out, but we had an idea of how to train and prep for the CrossFit games through the CrossFit season. We knew how fit we should be and what we should be doing in September. We knew how fit we should be and what we should be focusing on in January. Yep. We knew when our recovery weeks were, when our taper weeks were. We knew how to do this. Um, this season, I mean, just basically pulled the, you know, the rug out from underneath us completely. We had no idea. We went in January. We went to our regional event. Right. We tried. We qualified for the CrossFit Games right. in January. You know, with two of with two, we attempted with two of our athletes, Catherine and Cole. Yep. Um, Brooke stayed back, and she had another, but. We had no idea where, how fit we're supposed to be in January. We really didn't. Um, or what we should be focusing on or how we do this. And the cool thing, I like it, right? It's like, okay, we can't figure this out. Let's redo this whole thing again. Um, and the cool thing is 
Next year, again, is 100% different. Mm. Now we have the Open in October. So we have the games in the first week of August and then the Open, but the Open is also a totally different structure. This year, it's the top 20 athletes in the world qualify. So all, all three of those top athletes you mentioned qualified amongst, you know, shout out to CompTrain. We had, uh, I think, nine athletes qualify out of the top. Really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, so really, really cool. So we did a phenomenal job of doing um, what we should have done there. But next year, these athletes get finished with the games. We don't take our normal recovery protocol, at least I don't think we're going to, to get ready for the Open. But the Open is not the Open anymore. It's not even the Open that we knew this year. It's not the top 20. It's only the one from the, each country and the winner of the Open. So I don't know what our approach is again. We have to figure it out again. So it's now we're going through two years. So... I used to keep really detailed notes of like what we do when throughout the year. Here's mm-hmm. our, what we do for how long as a coach. This is our periodization. This is what we're doing. Um, and this year, I think I'm not keeping any notes right. because this is the only year we're going to experience this. <laughs> yeah. Because we're not going to have this again. We don't have the open again in February. So we'll never be doing this again. So I'm flying by the seat of my pants. <laughs> I mean, for real. Like I'm, yeah. I, I don't have the answers to this, and no anybody that tells you they do is lying. Yeah. You know, I love the people that put out the the open videos, like you know, after they watch, after right after they're announced, mm-hmm. and like open tips, and we have the strategy, and we know how to do it. It's like <laughs> you're guessing like everybody else. Now yeah. your your guesses might be right, but you're basically playing the stock market, and you don't have it figured out. Mm-hmm. And like, let's not pretend we do. And you might have some advice that people can use. And that's awesome. But we don't pretend to have the answers because we don't. We just, this is our best guess at it. And this is what we're trying to figure out, just like you are. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed any um, going, I know we've only had a few sanctionals, but have you noticed a different type of athlete or at least uh, opportunities are open now for different types of athletes to to get through because of the programming is so different? Or have, is it too early even to see if like, yeah, uh, if we're going to start seeing new names versus like, okay, well, they just, all the same names just scattered across the world and still got there. The fittest should make it, you know, this is Castro said this for a long time and I believe it. Like regardless of the test, the fittest should prevail, right? Um, you know, it's like the same type of thing. Just because now we're swimming and there's obstacle courses and we're running up mountains, doesn't mean Matt Frazier's not going to win. Mm-hmm. It's like he's really freaking fit. <laughs> so the people that are making it through these, um, um, say, say, um, I, I was getting, so, I, so I'm, I'm, I default to sectionals. Yeah. Sanctionals um, are still these athletes. It's still Tia. It's still Matt. It's yeah. still Sam Briggs. It's still Katrin. Um, so those athletes are still the ones that are making it through. Sarah Sigmund's daughter won the Open. It's like no one's going to be like, well, these, this is not the right thing. Like right. it's, it is those athletes. Now, there's definitely an open. The open is a different test. Mm, yep. The open is something different. The open, you don't have any of those things. So an athlete that has incredible work capacity, um, they they try as well as they can, like with, okay, we have 50 strict handstand pushups and walking on your hands. And we have, um, they are putting different tests in there, um, but it's only five tests and it has to be well-rounded. Um, it has to be in constraints of inside a box. So yep. you're again back into that. Like we only have these movements. Yep. We're not gonna swim. We're not gonna go for long runs. We're not gonna climb mountains. We're not gonna play with sandbags. Um, so it, we're certainly not gonna bike. You know, we're not gonna. So um, it is. That's the different tests, which is why we're sending 20 athletes. I get it for this year because it was happening so fast. Mm-hmm. It seems to make sense. 
But I actually like that next year. It's just qualifying the national champs and the winner overall. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think that should be the... It's, I also like that it's opening up the season. So here's our national champions. And then from there, go to an yeah. event. Start fighting. <laughs> go start fighting and yeah. play the game. Yep. Now, play the game of like... And the game is also is like, who's going where, right? Yeah. And you, if you want to travel and pick up, and if you want to go to China, you're going to have less competition than if you go to the Mid-Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Or less than you go to Wadapalooza. Like... Obviously, right? So you can play that game and it's kind of cool. It ends up being like a, a, a six month long version of what happens on like Sunday, Monday of the last open workout where like, if I have to, I'm going to redo this workout, but only if I have to, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but then it's if like, if I have to, Catherine, I'm going to China. If, yeah. If Catherine ends up going to that, I'm not going to yeah. it. But if she's not going, yeah, <laughs> it exactly. ends up just being like that massive chess match. Now I, you know, um, part of that I don't like, right? Yeah. Which is like, you know, when this first got announced, um, that's what the, the talk was, who's going where. Right. Instead of who's stronger, who's faster, who's fitter, you know, and like, instead of like the, the asking like who's the fittest and what and what we should be working on, the conversation shifted to, um, well, if Matt's not going there, I'm not going to go here. And it's like, it became a, the game. Mm-hmm. Some people could love that. That's cool. Right. It's like, I, that's as a coach. Um, I don't like I don't like the gaming of the system. I just want like let's focus on getting fitter, right. you know. But you can play the game and find some loopholes, probably. Yeah. And also, like, there's another one we've been talking about, which is, um, you know, I, I'm I'm cautious to talk about the real specifics specifics of this because I I don't know if it's gonna come through, um, and I don't know if I'm super confident in actually what I'm saying here, <laughs> but. Um, an athlete wins a sectional event. If um, they go to an, an another event or they qualify through the open, the second place athlete there wins, earns a spot. Yep. But if that athlete then goes to another sanctional event and they, the second place athlete from that one goes and not the one from the previous one, so you can essentially block somebody through. If mm. Matt Fraser, so Matt Fraser went to um, Dubai. Yep. And I think uh, B, BKG came in second. Now imagine BKG did not qualify through the Open. So BKG, Matt did qualify through the Open. So BKG would have gotten in by default of Matt qualifying through another right. means. Yep. So BKG is like, I'm going to the games. Like, mm-hmm. I'm good, man. I'm going to the games. Well, if Matt then signs up for the French Open, which is the last one, and Matt wins that one, the second place winner, the second place finisher at French goes there and BKG does not. Oh, okay. Interesting. There's a game. I yeah. mean, this is like, there's there's something going on here. Huh. And I don't know how much people are going to play the right. game, yeah. but that's, there's something. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? I mean, I, I genuinely feel like we could talk about this for two hours, but um, is there anything else worth talking about now in this episode that we didn't touch on? No, I, I mean, I, I, I think the big, my big take home is... Um, I believe that this will be really beneficial for the sport for a few different reasons. All of it kind of being brings more legitimacy to it. Yep. Um, I think that the the story is still going to be told for the athletes. I think it's going to be told by third parties. As you mentioned like Heber and Mars, um, you know, CBS Sports, Morning Chalk Up, but also it gives like an opportunity for brands to tell the story. Yep. Where there's no reason for a brand like um, you know Killcliff or whatever Noble or whatever it might be to tell the story of a road to the games. Like, mm-hmm. why would they do a road to the games? Right. It's already being done. Like, the story's already being told. Yeah. Now that it's not being told, 
they have an opportunity to do it themselves, which is really cool. It opens up more doors. Um, yeah, that, I think that I think Jeff Kane, the CEO of CrossFit, wrote a um, op-ed in Morning Chalk Up that was basically entitled, you know, something like the the changes in the games are a unique opportunity for everybody else, <laughs> and yeah, that's sort of what you're saying. That's Greg Glassman's definition of business. Yes, it's, you're right. It is. It's, yep. it, it's um, creating. Yep, you're right. Creating unique opportunities for others. Yep. Um, that's so. What they've done is just that. Yeah. So now other brands can. Here's the. CrossFit as a whole has always been this best practices. Always. They they don't tell us to wear certain uniforms. They don't tell us what protein to sell. They don't even tell us the programming to do. They certainly don't tell us how much square footage we should be in and what equipment we should buy. Mm -hmm. As affiliates, we are free to run our business however we want to. For some reason, the games went the completely mm -hmm. opposite direction. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. Here's we own the media. We own the qualification process. We own everything. Everything about the games we are going to control. What they've done is they've turned the CrossFit games, they've brought the CrossFit games under the same methodology, mm -hmm. which is let's give it back to the affiliates. Let's see what they do with this. Let's give it back to the community. Let's let them tell the stories. Let's let them work on the qualification process and let's see what happens with this yeah. thing. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, when you think about the just like the 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 evolution of the tribe of CrossFit that's sort of like how that needed to work, right? There needed to be a strong central voice of it so that people could coalesce around it. But at some point, if you're really truly building a tribe, you have to give ownership, at least partial ownership to the tribe members so that they can then build it for themselves. Well, they've certainly done that on the, on, on the affiliate, on the affiliate side. side. Yeah. Like, better than, I, I mean, can you imagine a, another company doing it like no. more hands off? Nope. Like it, like as it's, an affiliate owner, I can say- That's why it's worked. It's, I guess affiliate owner, I cannot tell how much I've if it did, if it this did not happen this way, I would not be an affiliate owner. Yep. It's what it's the reason I own an affiliate is because I didn't want to be have a boss. Yep. I didn't want to be a franchise owner. I didn't want someone to tell me how to do this thing. It allowed people like me, entrepreneurial minded, to run my own business. That's phenomenal. It's so terrific. They're just doing it on the game side as well. Now. Right. Here's how you guys tell us how you want people to get qualified for the games. Mm -hmm. Super cool. Yeah. All right, I think we'll end it there. That was 50 minutes-ish. So thank you. Thank you. All right, bye. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.